When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. This holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us with their annual season of hope. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, the foundation will deliver mortgage-free homes to dozens and dozens of America's catastrophically injured veterans, fallen first responder families, and Gold Star families. Bring hope to heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. What a week for comic book fans. Well, chat, not DC fans. I guess they ain't gave y'all shit in a long time. But, well, I guess y'all been getting Lois and Superman, but they on their third hiatus of the year. Okay, let me not slander DC. <laughs> you guys, we just got episode five, the penultimate episode of Loki, and we get Black Widow this week. You're going to hear from me with two different comic book episodes this week one for loki that you're listening to right now and black widow later on in the week oh my god let's talk about that episode of loki it's your weekly bonus episode of me and you the housewives of marvel 2 let's do it hey guys This is the self-proclaimed season ticket holder of pop culture and your mama's favorite black geek. I'm Kendrick, host of the Me and You, The Housewives, and Marvel 2 podcast. A podcast that, through my own random and winding rants, discusses everything related to pop culture. Everything from reality TV, to the MCU, to the DCEU, to all of the hot topics being discussed on CNN, NBC, BET, ABC, and 123. Grab your wine glass, sit back, and get ready to cuss and fuss right along with me. Woo! 
Hey guys. Oh my, y'all are in for a good episode. I am in the best of moods. You know why? I'm not tired. Y'all know I record late night every time. I'm not tired. We got a good episode of Loki. I'm watching Black Widow late night on Thursday night when it comes out. And things are just good in the universe. You know, things are things are all right, you know. And I, I'm sorry for that DC slander earlier for all of you DC fans out there. I'm a DC fan. You know, I'm a DC. I, I watch all the comic-y stuff and read the comic-y stuff. You know, I'm I'm a fan. We get Titans back in August. That's good. I'm looking forward to them. They'll be on HBO. I'm sure the, the quality will improve tremendously. Even though I like the first two seasons of Titans. I know they're... That's a little controversial, but I like them. Give them a chance. Check them out. I I fool with the Titans, okay? Y'all, I'm happy. I'm happy. I got some days off coming up, and I've been working myself into the ground between my full job, my, you know, my full-time job that I do every day, uh, the clubhouse rooms, the podcast episodes, uh, the, the Instagram account, trying to you know promote all this bullshit doing other people's podcasts doing other people's patreons doing you know just do, doing the gambit running the you know doing all the things you need to do to constantly you know build yourself up in this game because it's a very crowded space but i love all the people that always ask me you know to do their stuff because i listen to them and uh follow their accounts and all that so i, I love whenever anybody asks me to do it but lord knows i'm tired I'm just tired, like a, like I've been following the Northern... St- okay, let me not make this about slavery. <laughs> How was I about to bring slavery into a Loki episode? I don't know. It's okay, I'm black. Don't worry about it, all right? Listen, I just, you know, in in an attempt to kind of, you know, uh, uh, I guess keep the momentum going for me recording this episode, I watched that little, like, six-minute... I think it's like six minutes. It's, it's super short. Disney Plus always drops like some super short stuff. The little things like, you know, they do a lot of the stuff for the Simpsons and just all these little like Pixar things. They did one that they dropped. I don't know when it dropped, but it was my first time noticing it this week. They dropped a low key, like little featurette featuring the Simpsons characters. And I, of course, watched it. I loved it. It was a great little, it's really a big nod for MCU fans in general. It's called The Good, The Bart, and The Loki. I was about to say bad, but it's The Good, The Bart, and The Loki. I watched it. It's one of those things where you can look around, you're noticing the characters, you're noticing the moment. It's just all good. It centers around Loki. He, you know, gets kicked off of Asgard. What is that shit? It's It's only six minutes long. Hell, if I tell y'all anything about it, I'm going to ruin the whole goddamn story. So (laughs) just, you know, it's, well, you you know, it's credits too. So it's really like four and a half minutes long, but I love it. You know, Judge Renslayer makes an appearance and she reads Loki from top to bottom for filth. So if you're a Housewives fan, a reality TV fan, you love seeing people just get read from top to bottom, from head to toe, uh, from dusk till dawn, then... Check it out. It's a good little a good little watch. Let me go ahead and just get into this episode because there's a lot to unpack here. You know, we we got to figure out you know, I got theories of course. We got to kind of figure out where we're going with this and how we're going to end. I feel like there are, you know, at least putting it modestly, at least a trillion different ways that this story can end. I think we're getting a season two, but even still, 
we've got a lot of movies and projects coming out before we'll get a season two. So we have to kind of, you know, it has to work itself into all these things, you know. Obviously, the things that make the most sense. Okay. We think that it's going to relate, at least me. I can't speak for anyone else. We think it's going to relate directly into Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which comes out 2023, early, I think, maybe February. It's going to relate to Doctor Strange. It's going to relate to, I think at least, Spider-Man. Because, I, you know, I feel like it's relating to WandaVision, but we haven't gotten any direct ties. But I feel like WandaVision and Loki specifically are all kind of relating to the same projects, you know? So, I, we, you know, we'll, we'll see how things go. I want everything and I want nothing. I, I We got to have theories about, you know, who our Wizard of Oz is in this show because... It's feeling very Wizard of Oz. They keep saying the man behind the curtain. So obviously, well, actually, let me not say Wizard of Oz. Y'all know I'm black. That was never my my road. You know, I was more of a Diana Ross, Michael Jackson, the Wiz kind of guy. You know, I was, you know, uh, no more, don't mo, nobody bring me no more bad news. You know, that was my my jam right there. Okay, that was the only time it would have been acceptable for Luann Delaceps to wear an afro. Okay, Diana Ross had that afro on in there. That did itty bitty little, you know, one of them afros that you just you just pat like that. It's got it's just real small, close to your head. It's one of them little bitty just like pat pats to the head. She didn't have much hair in there, but that's okay. We love the little bitty afros just like we love the big afros and the relaxed hair and the weaves and the bantu knots and the, uh, you know, the parts of the middle, the HD closures. You know, we love it all. We not policing nobody's hair around here. I don't know how the hell I got on this subject. Let's go ahead and get into the episode. The episode kicks off by showing us the aftermath of episode four. Headless timekeepers, chaos at the TVA, and the void. The place where Loki and his variants are face to face. Loki asks where they are, and classic Loki, aka Richard E. Grant that they brought back from the grave, said this is the void, and that, pointing up to the sky, is Alias. In the sky is a big like cloud dragon type creature and yes of course he comes from the comics now in the comics it's alias the usurper alias even bring you know even being in this show kind of further points to Kang the Conqueror being like the next big bad in the MCU or at least like the man behind the Loki finale and the Loki series as a whole in comics Alias is like this cloud-like being that like has broken free from time. Like time no longer like restrains him and he just like can do his own thing, which I'm guessing is the case here too. In one of the comics, it's actually our good friend, Ravana Alexis Renslayer, that actually unleashes him and or she, look at me, <laughs> and like has to get help from the Avengers, you know, Thor and all them to help shut him down. After the opening credits, we see Sylvie pressing Renslayer for more information, including who's behind the TVA. After taking her Tempad and asking, you know, how it feels to be on the other side, you know, with the variants basically being, you know, basically people who are restrained from power. She's now on the other side instead of being like the bureaucrat over everything. Renslayer tells her that Loki isn't really dead yet. Renslayer seems to be offering information to Sylvie willingly, but says that, you know, she wants to know 
who's been lying to her too. This is when she gives us more information about the basics of reality and the workings of the TVA. She says, when we prune a branched reality, it's impossible to destroy all of its matter. So we move it to a place on the timeline where it won't continue growing. Basically, the branch timeline isn't reset. It's transferred to a void, just what it's called, the void, at the end of time where every instance of existence collides at the same point and simply stops. And also says, you know, nothing ever comes back from there, but she can help Sylvie if she trusts her. Sylvie seems to be on board, on board with the plan, at least at this point. Now, all of that is kind of important to remember because every episode in Loki, we kind of get a new, uh, a new nugget. Well, a lot of nuggets actually that kind of builds out this whole world that they're describing for us. This time we're now getting to, you know, towards that point where it's like, quote unquote, the end of time, where it's not really actually the end of time. It's just the void where now they're saying that nothing is actually pruned or killed or reset or anything. It's all just sent to this place. That's like a basically a galactic wasteland to put it pretty simply in layman's terms. Back at the void, they're hustling across the field, quote-unquote, so they don't die, implying that Alioth is always a threat. And Loki is, like, basically trying to come up with a plan to stop it. He finally gets frustrated and screams, Somebody tell me what the hell is going on! Now, keep in mind, he's yelling at all of his variants. Kid Loki, classic Loki, boastful Loki, and what the internet has been referring to as either croaky or Alioki, depending on you whether you believe it's a crocodile or alligator. I actually think they confirmed in this episode that it is indeed an alligator. So we're just going to call him Aloki. Well, I'm not going to call him that, but you get my drift. The sky started rumbling and jumping, jumping like Destiny's Child at the club. So Kid Loki orders him to stop yelling because he's going to end up signaling their location to Alioth. Kid Loki even gives us another lesson on the void. He said this is where the TVA sends branched realities and everything that it prunes and Alios makes sure it all stays put. They tell him there's no way to escape, meaning Loki, and when Loki mentions the Tempad, duh, there's not one around. Child, they were doing too much talking and kid Loki bossed up and he said, shut the fuck up and come on. Now it's a Disney show. He didn't say it exactly like that, but you get my drift. And what did they do? They shut the fuck up and they came on. They didn't do exactly that because it's a Disney show, but you get my drift. This is King or kid Loki's kingdom. And he calls the shots according to classic Loki. This is when we find out that Kid Loki's Nexus event, meaning the event that caused, like, you know, the TVA to come and get him and prune him or whatever the case may be, his Nexus event was that he killed Thor. Yes, you heard it correctly. He killed Thor. Yeah. I don't know why, but I tend to believe him, okay? He hasn't done, he hasn't lied to me once yet. I've only known him for three seconds, but I tend to believe him. That's, at least I know they believe him because they seem to be letting Kid Loki run the shot. So I, 
I'm tending to believe them. And you know, all these Lokis are very different. All these realities and timelines are very different. So having a Thor that kills Loki, I mean, it wouldn't exactly be new to the comics. So I'm, I'm tending to believe it. What's super funny though, is if you've looked, you know, if you pause, like I was pausing and looking around the scenery and stuff, when they go down into that bunker in this episode, you notice, uh, one of the Loki variants, from the comics is actually right there on the wall. So maybe that's the Thor that he's referring to. I don't know. You know, it's a lot of speculation that we could do, but we don't have nearly enough time, okay? This show is way too damn dense, and I don't know how the hell they're going to wrap it up in one more episode. Since we're talking about that underground layer type area, side note, as they're going down into it, we actually see a helicopter in the background that says Thanos in big, bold, black letters across it. That, for those that don't know, comes straight out of the comic books. But see, we couldn't have Thanos like riding around in a helicopter instead of the the Sanctuary 2, which is that big ship that he, you know, that Captain Marvel destroyed at the end of Avengers Endgame because, duh. (laughs) I mean, one, she's the strongest that we know, okay? That's, you know, boss up. Well, maybe Scarlet Witch now, but we haven't seen her in action quite yet so we just go still go with captain marvel for now but of course you know of course we're going to get the sanctuary 2 instead of a damn helicopter because duh it makes a lot more sense but we also we see at some point as they're walking in this field a big 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 ass yellow jacket helmet and if you remember yellow jacket is the villain in ant-man he was played by that guy that was in uh uh, oh, what's my show from Netflix that I used to love? Uh, House of Cards. He was in the first season of that before Frank Underwood made him overdose. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Maybe the theories about the TVA or the void or whatever, like this part of the timeline, I don't know. Maybe those theories about it being inside of the quantum realm are true and Yellow Jacket actually wound up here. I don't know. It's a lot to unpack, but we don't have nearly enough time. Those are just Easter eggs maybe for us, so... Maybe we'll get some confirmation in two years when that movie actually comes out. Once they're in the underground lair, they ask, you know, why he wants to go back to the TVA and if it's to, you know, quote unquote, relive his glorious purpose. He says something, you know, something like that, maybe, maybe not, you know, a little yang, yang, yang around the house. Back at the TVA, Sylvie is watching Renslayer ask Miss Minutes for some files on the beginning of time. But Sylvie says, well, what about the end of time? To which she says, oh, no, it's, it's, it's just a void. Sylvie hypothesizes, once Miss Minutes brings up the files on the void, that they must be past the void because then they would be, or they wouldn't be detectable at that point. Renslayer is egging her on, but is, you know, asking questions, answering questions, all like that, obviously stalling for time. Even Miss Minutes is on the shit. (laughs) And it's like, you can use the Void spacecraft prototype. After agreeing to do all of this, Sylvie immediately recognizes that they're both stalling for time. And then suddenly, boom, the door opens and the Minuteman come flying in to apprehend her. But Sylvie hides behind the judge's desk. You know, the one that's in front of those three big Kane the Conqueror heads. They're not Kane the Conqueror, but the, the three timekeeper heads. But child, y'all know what I mean. It, it just looks, it's too much. I don't know. It's too much like right. Renslayer offers to put her in like a, a good time loop. Now, we saw the time loop in episode four. That was when uh, that red 
time door opened up and Loki was put down there. And it was when uh, Sif, Lady Sif, kept coming through and giving him that line. And then she'd kick him in the nuts and then she'd punch him in the face. And then she going on about her business. She's like, I'll put you in a good one of those, a good time loop instead of pruning you. But Sylvie's like, no, no, no. She prunes herself just so she can go to the void and find Loki. We go back to the void and Black Loki, a.k.a. Boastful Loki. Y'all know I want to call that man Black Loki so bad, but I'm trying my hardest not to. Matter of fact, <laughs> matter of fact, I refer to him as something else when I'm texting my black friends, but um, we we gonna move forward, okay? Black Loki is bragging about killing Captain America and Iron Man and collecting all of the, the Infinity Stones, and obviously nobody believes that shit. We all have sat through a decade worth of movies. We know whatever the hell he did was not that damn easy when it took... 7,000 Avengers to do what uh, one man is claiming to have done. So nobody believes him. We also hilariously find out that the alligator Loki's Nexus event was eating the wrong neighbor's cat, child. We also have combos about like morality and uh, mortality and all that kind of stuff. And classic Loki reveals that everything proceeded correctly until Thanos happened. He was like, he cast like this perfect projection of himself and he hid in space. He was drifting for God knows how long and he wound up in solitude on a random planet. But when he got lonely, he says he missed his brother. Aw. He left the planet and was apprehended by the TVA immediately. Loki is sick and tired of sitting around and he wants to act. They're wondering why he thinks he's different and he mentioned Sylvie. He's got to get back to the TVA to end it all. He wants to kill Eliath. Listen, whether y'all want to pronounce it Eliath or Eliath, y'all know I can't talk. I can't pronounce shit correctly. You'll be okay. You know who the hell I'm talking about. Big cloud man in the sky, okay? Everybody from what I hear is pronouncing it different. We all, we, we do our pronunciations from comics, okay? This is the first time we're hearing people say it, so y'all will be okay. He wants to kill Eliath, which they all kind of find hilarious. He goes to open up the hatch to go back to the ground level of the void and boom, tons of Lokis are standing right there, including Loki from the vote Loki comics. I've mentioned that comic on this series quite a few times. I'm actually wearing my vote Loki button as I'm recording this. That's neither here nor there. I just wanted you all to know. Cut to Sylvie, who has arrived at the void, realizes that Aelion is after her and she flees but she sees a car in the distance heading towards her guess who it is guess who it is one guess did you guess Mobius you're correct this is when we cut back to the bunker underground and get the most ridiculous scene but it's purposely ridiculous because it gives Loki kind of a viewpoint of all of the crazy shit that he's been doing all these years. Like all, he's basically like having an out of body experience right now watching this. And it almost feels like he's the only like rational person in the room. And when Loki is the only rational person in the room, that's, that's kind of a scary thing. First black Loki, sorry, boastful Loki <laughs> betrays kid Loki because he said he was promised that he'd be made King. Then vote Loki 
tells him he betrayed him and that he's uh, he's keeping all the titles and the accolades and all that. And then all the other Lokis turn on him. It's just a big old betrayal fest. That's like when all of your friends, like your entire friend group, like agrees to go somewhere and then like slowly one by one, people just start making up excuses and canceling. And then somebody else makes up an excuse and cancels. And then somebody else makes up an excuse and cancels because nobody really wanted to do the boring shit in the first place. But then you all wind up at the same club later on at night and you run into them in the bathroom like, oh, uh, Hey, <laughs> chap, the highlight of this scene, though, was alligator Loki Biden vote Loki's whole ass handoff and him screaming in disbelief like it's straight out of a, a Tim Allen movie. Just hilarious. Loki is just sitting back like what the fuck is actually happening? Classic Loki during the middle of the chaos manages to get him kid Loki alligator Loki and our Loki. To another location through like a green portal magic conjuring kind of thingy keep in mind they left black loki's ass behind because now he's proven that he can't be trusted he's been working for the enemy all this time here loki convinced them that he needs to get to sylvie and that you know they said they'll take him to alios but that's it they're not doing nothing else they'll take him there and then they go go ahead and mind their business Mobius and Sylvie banter in the car about their purposes and their lives and how they've always been on opposite ends, but basically for the exact same reason. They did what they felt they had to do. This is when Sylvie says the same thing as Loki, that the answer lies within Alioth. So when she like makes Mobius turn the car around, he heads back towards that murderous Nimbus cloud in the sky. Spirit in the sky. When we cut back to Loki and the Lokets <laughs> or or Gloki and the Pips <laughs> or Glok and his child. Look, let me stop. I can do this shit all day. We see another unsolved mystery being solved on this show. First, it was D.B. Cooper in that first episode. Y'all know I love me some true crime. Now it's the USS Eldridge in episode five. There was something called the Philadelphia experiment where they were going to like dock this ship or this submarine, something like this big ass naval ship. And they were going to make it invisible using like what they called a cloaking device. Like they were going to make it appear like not visible on radar. Now keep in mind, this is real life. I'm not talking about like anything on the show. This is real ass life, by the way. But apparently it was all a hoax. The ship never vanished. It was never in Philadelphia. Like it was a, it was a whole thing, but I guess people like really thought that the USS Eldridge actually disappeared. This was the usage in the show. Alias heads towards the USS Eldridge that had just dropped actually from the sky and he devours it whole. And now Loki's like, okay, bitch, let's think about this shit. (laughs) This is finally when Movius and Sylvie roll up on them. Hey, have you guys checked out The Dip? It's the site that allows you to read articles about some of your favorite shows written by experts and fans focused on depth, not on clicks. Their personalized subscription site allows you to follow high-quality coverage surrounding the shows that you love and the shows you love only. I just got done reading an article about WandaVision, you know, one of my favorite MCU projects, and it said the only logical 
follow-up is Howard the Duck. It's insane. I mean, I love it. Check out the link in my podcast episode description. Click around on some of those articles and sign up for the dip today. This reunion between all of them is when Loki reveals his plan to <clears throat> kill Alias. Yes, kill Alias. Which Sylvie thinks is absolutely ridiculous. And the reveal is that, you know, she thinks that Alias is basically, I'm sorry, Alias <laughs> is basically a guard dog for the real, basically the next big bad of the MCU. She wants to enchant it. It might be a cloud, but Sylvie said, you know, ain't no hoe stopping no show. Back in the TVA, we confirm that B-15 is still alive. Renslayer goes to see her in her like super small red glowing cell and calls her disloyal and everything else. And B-15 is like disloyal to who? The androids, the aliens, or the wizards? Like who am I disloyal to? See, this is how we know. We know Renslayer knows a hell of a lot more than she's pretending to. She's protecting her man and y'all can't tell her nothing. Okay. Let me cater to you. Cause baby, this is your day. Anything for my man, baby. I blow me. Let me stop before uh, Columbia records. Try to sue my ass or Matthew Knowles. I don't know how much money he got no more. B 15 says everyone deserves to know the truth, but Renslayer says stability is what's needed right now. Renslayer wants info since B-15 spent a lot of time with Sylvie. B-15, you know, she puts it plainly. Sylvie is out for revenge and will be looking for whoever created the Timekeepers or the TVA, either one. The look on Renslayer's face tells B-15 that Renslayer wants to know the truth too. But child, I think she already know the truth. I don't know. It, I'm, I keep going back and forth about whether or not Renslayer knows. She definitely knows a hell of a lot more than she's letting on to. But I don't know the extent of her knowledge. I don't know. I'll talk about that a little later during the, the theory section. Renslayer walks out and tells Miss Minutes to give her all of the files on the founding of the TVA because, quote unquote, whoever created it is in trouble. Side note. The side conversation that doesn't add to the overall plot at all between Mobius and the Lokis is hilarious. Mobius is like, are y'all sure that fake-ass mini Godzilla is actually a Loki variant? (laughs) They're like, well, yeah, he's green. Child, so are my damn Nikes, but I'm not a damn Loki. I mean, I be lying sometimes, but I don't lie, lie. Okay, like, I don't lie that much. Just, Just little white lies. Like, oh... I don't know how that scratch got on your car or, oh my God, that outfit looks amazing on you. Where'd you get it? Or my favorite lie, I'm up the street. I'll be there in like five minutes, child, be soaking in the bathtub. But look, (laughs) that doesn't qualify me to be a damn Loki, okay? Kid Loki then asks Mobius about, you know, what he'll do when he gets back to the TVA. And he said, well, people need to know the truth. Classic Loki said, you'll just turn your back on the thing that you've devoted your whole life to. And Mobius said, you're never too old to change. Boom. Boom. Now, is that the theme of this show? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe. Maybe it's the theme of a a branched reality or a branched timeline and we'll never discover it because this show has way too many damn moving parts. I don't know. 
Also, I want to point out that Mobius not remembering Alligator Loki because they asked him, you don't remember him? Him not remembering Alligator Loki kind of supports my hypothesis from a previous episode where I said that there are probably more than one Mobiuses, a.k.a. Ravonna Renslayer's favorite analyst. And maybe another one was responsible for Alligator Loki. I don't know. Maybe that's the one where he's like, you know, your favorite analyst. I don't know what the ring's on. I don't know. Maybe so. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just reading into things. Or maybe I'm always right. And maybe I'm always wrong. I don't fucking know. Loki and Sylvie are sitting outside. And the first thing of note that they mention is Mobius's theory about Loki's Nexus event being total rubbish, which kind of confused me. I don't know. It is this something that like he said off camera that we're going to find out in the finale or are they referring back to a previous conversation? I don't know this little combo and moment that they do. It really does kind of show that these two psychopaths belong together. Neither one of them has friends. Both of them love bringing down empires. Both of them love betrayal. Both of them love those thin ass blankets that they're wrapped in. See, one thing I will absolutely invest money in is a good-ass blanket, okay? Let me tell you. My blanket that I love right now that I sleep with every single day is a 90-inch by 90-inch blanket that I got from Amazon. Big, long, and fluffy. That's what she said. Child, I don't know why. Anyway, <laughs> Loki talks about being a change man, which... <sighs> this is a whole... 10 year character arc in five episodes. Are we to believe that this version of Loki is as reformed or changed as the Loki that we had come to believe was kind of changed since 2010? I don't know. Listen, it, it, I mean, it's plausible. Maybe this Loki has actually gone on, you know, some more deeper, meaningful, kind of life-altering missions than the one in the past. I don't, I mean, the one that we, you know, start with or the one we end with in in game. I don't know. I I really don't know, but hmm, it's just, that just kind of, it off-puts me. I don't know. They talk about what's after they succeed, and Loki talks about, you know, maybe actually finding a timeline to rule, but they both settle on, quote, we don't know, but maybe we can figure it out together. Now, it's time. They recognize Alioth is just like the key in their next step, which is, you know, figuring out who's behind all of this. And Sylvie figures the best way to get to that next step is to get inside of it and try to enchant it. Because keep in mind, she was able to briefly do this earlier in the episode when she first arrived in the void. Loki gives Mobius the tempad so that, you know, he can do what he needs to do. In classic Loki and kid Loki, after, you know, being offered a ride to the TVA, quote-unquote, a ride to the TVA, you know what I mean, say that, you know, the Void is their home now and they're staying out there. Kid Loki gives Loki, regular Loki, a golden dagger for his fight ahead, and they do their goodbyes and all that kind of stuff, you know, the mushy, yada, 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 and they get things started. The plan is to wait until a branch appears so that Elias can focus on it then she's going to enchant it. If no time to wait for one, because Elioth is pretty close, they'll have to cause a distraction. Loki takes it upon himself to be said distraction. 
He uses that dagger and lights it on fire and does everything he can, but it doesn't work. Eliath is headed straight for Sylvie. And then, distraction. Classic Loki appears out of nowhere and is using his powers to create all types of images and projections of ancient cities around him, which makes Eliath head directly towards him. This is when Sylvie calls Loki over and she tells him to help her enchant Eliath because they're both the same and they're stronger than they realize. Soon after classic Loki has used all of his energy, Eliath head towards him and classic Loki fulfills his glorious purpose and is devoured by Eliath. This, however, does give Sylvie and Loki's combined enchanting power enough time to work and the cloud of Eliath is parted like the Red Sea like Moses did the Red Sea now we see what Eliath has been hiding this whole town which is like a castle inside of the void but we've got to wait until the finale to see who's actually on the inside oh lord this is this show, I'm telling you, they got a chance to make this the best finale in the world. They got to really land it, though. They've got a lot of planes to land from here to now. I don't know if they're going to be able to do it, but fingers crossed. I'm hoping they can do it. I don't know if they will, but that's okay. The one thing I will say about this episode, I was highly shocked that there was no post credit scene. Now, I know that, you know, the episode ends with kind of the perfect cliffhanger, but I don't know, man. I thought maybe we'd shoot back to the TVA. We'd see Ravana like, putting on her princess costume from the comics or something. I don't know. I, I expected a post credit scene. When you start with a post credit scene, like WandaVision, I think episodes 7, 8, and 9 all had a post credit scene. Child, let me think. I don't know. I might be lying. I do that sometimes. Y'all know I, I lie when I feel like it. Hell, I don't care. But I feel like giving us a post credit scene in episode four, then skipping a post credit scene in episode five, and then most likely giving us one in episode six, that j- I wouldn't have predicted that. But hey, here we are. I can't say nothing about it. No post credit scene, people. You didn't miss anything. I stuck around to the end. Child, maybe Disney will sneak back in like they did WandaVision. They'll put something in there. I don't know. I don't work at Disney Plus. I would love to. Y'all give me a call. My number is. No, I'm just playing. Don't be a... <laughs> don't try to call me, motherfuckers, okay? Listen, I actually really like this episode. Very, very good episode. It set up the finale perfectly for me. I'm very excited to see how this ends. I'm wondering if we're going to get a new, like, big bad reveal since this is, like, technically, like, the, what, did Spider, no, Spider-Man Home, Far From Home, or, yeah, I think that was the end, maybe, of Phase 3. I don't think that was the beginning of Phase 4. I think they confirmed that. So, maybe now we're due for a big bad reveal. I don't know, because I don't know when we're getting a team-up movie. I don't think we're getting one of those for... A while, maybe. I don't know. But regardless, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I, I, I'm wondering next episode if we're going to get, you know what? As a matter of fact, while I'm talking about next episode, 
let's actually just kind of jump into some theories at this point. Or rather, not really theories, maybe some theories. Let's jump into some musings or some predictions or some theory, you know, some theoretical hypothesizing. I don't fucking know. This isn't a science fair. Let's just jump into it and talk about what we expect from the finale. First things first, will we get some introductions in this finale? By introductions, I mean characters that we have not yet met before in the MCU, but are slated to come. So in my mind, just based on everything we know from the show, I... The obvious choices, everything that it's pointing towards, it makes it seem like it's either going to be Kang the Conqueror, especially, you know, I, I feel like everything, I've pointed out every single, like, sign of Kang in this TV series in these five episodes, so I don't need to go back over that, but I feel like Kang the Conqueror is a real possibility, especially with Ravana, she's still alive too. Um, Immortus is a real possibility, which is basically an older version of Kang the Conqueror. I think that if we're getting a new character, it's probably going to be one of those two. I don't know comic book wise who else would kind of fit into that slot. The only other, I guess, new introduction we could get would probably be another variation of Loki. That would make a lot of sense to me too. If after all of this mess, the person that ends up controlling everything is just another variant of, of Loki. Maybe it's a, a Kang the Conqueror Loki. I don't know. Maybe it's just another Loki that we haven't met yet. Maybe in this one he is, you know, some kind of powerful entity like a Kang the Conqueror or like a, a Nexus being. I don't know. There, it's a lot of possibilities we can go that route. My money is probably on Immortus or Kang the Conqueror, but that Loki variant makes a lot of sense too. I guess we'll see in the finale. Number two, will we get a cameo next week. So not an introduction of a new character, a cameo of an established MCU character already. Now this could be a couple of different people. Maybe since it feels like this movie ties into Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness, maybe we'll get a Dr. Strange cameo, but we also know that Wanda Maximoff is in this movie. So maybe we'll get a Scarlet witch cameo. I don't know. Maybe we'll get, an Ant-Man cameo. Maybe we'll get a Wasp cameo. Maybe we'll get someone from the Quantum Realm, Ghost or somebody. Maybe we'll get someone from that franchise as a cameo too. One of those two. Those are the two that make the most sense to me. I couldn't see any other character really making sense. I I highly doubt we're going to get a Thor cameo. I don't think we're going to Asgard Again, we kind of went to Asgard like I thought we would, but it was in a time loop, so it wasn't really Asgard, Asgard. I don't know. So I, I don't know. It's so much. We there's so many routes they can do this. That's why I'm I'm kind of nervous about how they're gonna wrap this show up because it feels like there are way too many ways and way too many strings they can still be tugged at before we actually end the show. Um, oh, do we think that we're gonna get? Are we going to find out that Renslayer knows a lot more than she's pretending to? Like, is she working with this person directly this entire time? Or is she the person? Maybe she's the one that's running things and she's just scared that people are going to find out. I don't know. It's certainly a possibility. With Ravana being on this show, Kang the Conqueror certainly makes the most sense. But 
we all know that when we thought things were obvious in the past on these Marvel shows, they have not turned out that way. So maybe this is going to just be another way of throwing us for a loop. Maybe Ravana is inconsequential on this show. I don't know. I'm hoping we get a little more revealed about her role in all of this because I'm sure the finale is going to give us a big tie up for her character. Though, I don't think it'll be the last time we see her. I will say that. Um, Will we be seeing B-15 and Mobius go back to their own existences? Now, we know, and even not just them, maybe other, you know, Minutemen and uh, Hunters and everybody else too, analysts, maybe we'll see the TVA dismantled and everybody going back to their own reality. Maybe time doesn't necessarily work the way that the TVA says it does. So these people can actually go back to their own realities or find their own realities or make their own worlds. Like now that Elias isn't necessarily a threat, I guess for them, or maybe not. He temporarily isn't a threat. I don't know. Maybe they can make the void into something a lot more manageable. I don't know. We'll see, but maybe the variants can all either go back to where they once existed or find their own new existence somewhere, maybe within the TVA, but much more or much less bureaucratic. I don't know. Definitely something to think about. The big question for me is, though, well, the big reveal is probably the big question, but the big question for me, at least, do we think Ravana's backstory as a princess, like in the comics, is going to be revealed? And do we think, one... She'll meet her lover in the finale, meaning Kang the Conqueror, or do we think they've been working together this entire time? See, those are two entirely different avenues for me. It makes more sense to me that she's known Kang the Conqueror, but I also kind of feel like maybe, you know, just like we kind of, they kind of snuck that backstory in with Sylvie in episode four, maybe we'll get a little more backstory on Ravana too. Her character is clearly very important and we need to know a lot about her moving forward. So maybe we'll get more reveal. Maybe we'll learn more about Sylvie in this finale too. I feel like we still need to find out her Nexus event. So maybe that's a big thing that'll be answered too. Y'all, regardless of how they wrap this show up, they've got to answer at least half of those questions for us. I'm a little nervous. I don't know how it's going to end, but fingers crossed. I'm confident they'll do a good job. I'm not going to focus on it right now. I'm just going to be happy that Black Widow is finally here. If you're listening to this episode the day it comes out, I'm going to see Black Widow later this night, and I'll report back on it this upcoming weekend. I'm going to give y'all a whole episode. I'm going to go and see it at the movies. You know, I'm going to get my popcorn. Well, I don't like popcorn like that. But I'm going to give me a big-ass cherry Coke. I'm going to give me maybe a hot dog. Y'all know I love me some bunch of crunch. I'm going to give me a couple of bunch of crunch. And I'm probably get it from Dollar Store, though. Quit playing with me, movie theater. And I'm going to go see IMAX. I'm going to sit in the Lovebird seats. You know, they had those two seats coupled off on the side. I'm going to sit in them. Nobody beside me. And I'm going to have the time of my life. I'm going to go to the late night show, and I won't get home until, like, after midnight. It'll be a whole vibe. And it's going to be a good time. Then... When I wake up on Friday, because I'm going to be off, <laughs> I'm going to buy it on Disney Premiere. I know. I said I would never do that just for the Marvel movies. I'll go ahead and do it. I'm going to buy it. And then that's what I'll use to do my notes and all that kind of stuff. My goal is to come back in a couple of days with a Black Widow episode. So check back on here. Maybe I've done it. Maybe I haven't. Maybe I got tired. Maybe I got sleepy. 
Child, I don't know. I can't make no promises. But I plan on coming to you with a Black Widow episode. Until then, I dropped the episode last month about Black Widow. All about Black Widow, the comics, the characters you'll see in the movies. Basically a whole little pregame. So make sure you listen to that before you go to the movie. And you guys, that's all I got for you. Make sure you look at the description of this episode. And make sure that you follow us on Melanated Bravo on Clubhouse. Make sure you visit The Dip. And follow me on social media at Housewives Marvel Podcast. Email me if you need to, Housewives Marvel Podcast at gmail.com. And you know what? I'll see you. As always, thanks for listening. Want to support me for free? Just head on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Podchaser or CastBox and leave me a five-star rating and review. Need to contact me? Just email me, housewivesmarvelpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes and all kinds of updates regarding the podcast. That's at housewivesmarvelpodcast. This is Kendrick, and I'll see ya! Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.